Welcome to Help from Future Self. Hello, Archons. Welcome to another episode of Help from Future Self, the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. I am your host, Blake, and uh, this week I am joined by my tried and true friend in this great game of Keyforge, the one who doesn't let me down when I have to step away, the glorious SE Steel. What's going on, Sydney? Oh my gosh, not much over here, but I'm really excited that you're here. What's going on with you? How have you been? Uh, I've been well. Uh, part of the reason why I've been gone was I, I got married well uh, <laughs> over this past month and there was a lot that needed to be done and I didn't want to have uh, any podcasting commitments get in the way of, of the celebration. So I took a bit of a break and then work got hectic as well. So I just kept on riding this train and then I was like, should I come back? I mean, <laughs> Sydney's doing such a good job. These episodes have been so much fun. I'm getting to get to meet new people in the community. Well, actually, I knew all these people, but it was great to hear their <laughs> perspective. Um, I really want to say thank you to you, Sydney, first and foremost for that, because the podcast was going strong while I was not here. And they were really fun episodes, especially the the trivia episode. That is That was so much fun uh, having I, I had to do it. I had to do it justice. You guys, you guys started the trivia episodes. You had to just come in and, and take it. And honestly, the Jeopardy style, I, I got to say, that was that was a pretty, pretty good format. And I'm going to be honest with you, you scared the heck out of me because I looked at the episode and it said HFS <laughs> and Jeopardy. I was like, okay, what happened? What am I not aware of? So that, that was pretty funny. Rick the reached clickbait. out too. Same time, same comment. Yeah, the clickbait was real. <laughs> I definitely got to give a special shout out to our main man, Zach, for coming on twice. Uh, thank you so much, sir. It is always great to hear your voice on the airwaves, and I appreciate you coming on here and filling in while I was away. You are a true gentleman and a scholar. Absolutely. Love having you, dude. Oh, yeah. It's just it's just great having Zach uh, Moonlight with us. So, Sydney, what's going on in the world of Keyforge? I, I understand some stuff has happened since the since I guess during the trivia episode and uh, if you can maybe just recap for everyone who might not be aware. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there was another episode or another article came out and it was, uh, it was a lot of confirmation of things we already knew. And what's funny is it did in fact come out right before we dropped our trivia episode. So I was wondering if I should put a blurb in the beginning of the episode, but then there really wasn't wasn't too much new that that happened there. So um, basically they confirmed that they're still working on OP and that there will be a nationals and that Gen Con is going to happen. So I'm really excited about all those things and, and can't wait for more details to come out. Indeed, indeed. That is uh, that is good directional movement. So we'll see how, how that continues to come our way. I think the next news we need is the decks are going to be ready next month. That's, <laughs> that's the news we, we need. Yep, totally. Or that they're like, they're on their way to you right now. Yes, exactly. Um, so what I wanted to talk about today for this episode was uh, something that I suggested to Sydney because while I was a passenger in the podcast game, just getting to enjoy the episodes, something was mentioned by one of our illustrious guests that was the memories attached to decks that you have for various reasons. It could be you played them at a vault tour 
and you did well with them and therefore you remember them and you have that nice memory or maybe you won a tournament in a store level and it was the first time you achieved that and so you have a little bit of a memory attached to that deck and it made me realize that right now I'm I'm in a phase of my life where my free time is more limited than it was uh, I would say a year and a half ago so the ability to play Keyforge at will does not exist in the capacity that it used to. So right now I was like, you know what? I think I need to organize my decks and create a list of what do I really enjoy to play? What, what are the decks that I want to gravitate to? And so I started creating a, a spreadsheet that had each set and then my favorite decks that exist within that. And I'm kind of keeping it within the, the 10 deck range, give or take for the most Ooh. part. And the, the reason which really brought me to this was, I don't know if any of you remember, but I, I spoke of my Keyforge resolutions for 2023, and one of them was to play every deck I owned. <laughs> lofty goal. And yeah, it is, it is a lofty goal. And I will say that I'm I'm going to fail at this. Aww. Okay, right, right now off the offset, I'm going to fail at this. And what I noticed was as I was going through this process, I was giving it the old college try. I'll tell you what. But um, <laughs> what happened was I was playing these decks and I was going through them. And I noticed there's there's a certain caveat to this is I have basically played every deck once I realized I wanted to play every deck. But it was all the AOA, um, Worlds Collide, and Coda that I actually didn't necessarily play every deck. Those were the ones that that fell by the wayside because once Mass Mutation came and I had to open every deck and I was making videos, I kind of sort of adopted the mantle. But I noticed that those three sets, I guess I have the most experience with them. Like I've played them the most in sure. general and they, I think they have the greatest feeling of... Um, they have a feeling. Like when you're playing a Coda deck, it feels like a Coda deck. When you're playing AOA, it feels like AOA. Worlds Collide, arguably the same, but I feel, feel like we came out a little bit. But mm-hmm. Brobnar existed in a non-fun way, so it made it have this component. So as I started going through this process, I realized I wasn't enjoying the decks I was playing. Oh, like I was no. like, this isn't fun. Like It's cool to see what's happening, but it very much felt like an exercise, not of... Like, I want to do this, but, like, I want to complete this, if that makes sense. An exercise of completion. I totally understand how you feel. Like, when you when you brought this up to me, it, it, brought, a, it brought a lot of thoughts to my mind. And, and one of those things, hilariously, is when you were saying you were organizing, I was thinking, oh, well, now might be a really good time for me to actually organize my collections as well. Because over the course of like the, the, the pandemic, we remodeled our house. Keyforge has moved different homes inside our house. And so like getting everything together and trying to figure out which ones matter, maybe donating or getting rid of or passing on some of our decks might be a good idea too. And I realized hilariously enough, all of the decks that matter to me have accidentally like migrated together and I don't know if it's like my my laziness to like put them away back into the organizational way that I had them before. But like once I pulled a deck out to play it for any reason, whether like, I mean, over the course of the pandemic, I needed to get verification picks on decks of Keyforge. And so even if I wasn't playing it in person, I was finding it in my collection, pulling it out, getting a picture of the back and then not immediately putting it back. And so like I had a pile of decks that I'd gotten verification pictures for over the course of the pandemic. And all of those had meaning for me. I remembered playing with them, even though never like some of them were still in their shrink because I didn't have to to open them, to scan them or play mm-hmm. them on TCO. 
And now you don't have to. Right. Exactly. That's been totally abolished. Yeah. I mean, I I know what you're saying. It's, it's interesting. Like I, I have definitely an alphabetized system, but the ones that are, that I like are in a different box and I'm going to have to figure out that to a different degree now with this new system, which I think should be fairly easy. I, I happen to acquire a few of those, um, OP kits that had oh, the, nice. the beautiful graphics on it. I've, they were always like an extra prize you could choose. So I've acquired a few of those. And yeah, so I've decided I'm going to abandon this this resolution because it's just not fun. And with my limited time to play, I'd rather play the things that give me the true enjoyment Absolutely. rather than feeling like a chore to, to just go through something that does the same or doesn't do something. Another thing I noticed from Alliance organizing things um, is that Generally, when you get to, if you're going to use SAS as a metric in terms of decks of Keyforge, because they're going to organize it in that in that way, I found that as you got to lower SAS, the viability of a pod working in alliance became less and less. There was like almost a direct correlation. That makes At sense. a certain point, you're not looking the same. And, and I would say once you get below the mid-60s, you're not seeing really, like I'm sure there is a diamond in the rough there. But it's, it's not the same. Like, you'd really have to be scouring, and I think you really need to set your parameters for what you're searching for. At but that I think- low sass, the other two houses have to be so bad if you're going to find a really good pod within those three houses. Yeah, that's the thing. So usually in the mid 60s and up and and I would say down to 60 for depending there's there's I think a set dependency for some things. Uh, Dark Tidings particularly. I think, I think actually Dark Tidings has the greatest propensity to find a really amazing deck from three different houses. Sure. And Dark Tidings is actually really funny because I've played the absolute least amount of Dark Tidings, like barely any really. And I also, I own the least amount of it simply because I just kept amassing so much of the sets I was playing in person. But what's funny is I have a whole bunch of kind of like almost complete decks that when we did Keyforge Live, one of the things we did was you could make your badge. We had a, a bunch of decks out on the table and you would take a Sharpie, write your name on a card and put it into one of those like card holder things. And that would be your badge for Keyforge Live. And so I have like a ton of like unplayable, illegal in regulation tournament, like decks from uh, Dark Tidings because we use so many Dark Tidings decks for those badges. And I can't bring myself to get rid of them because the memory attached to them of like using them for badges for Keyforge Live and like knowing what cards are missing. Or like I even like I have the deck uh, or at least the, I have the Archon card and some of the cards from the deck that I created my badge for from Keyforge Live. And that one I'm definitely never getting rid of. But Build an um, alliance deck with it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And that's actually a good point. Like pods now are useful to the point where I might not even need to keep all of the the cards from what I have, the, the pile of miscellaneous cards if I can find a whole pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good idea. I mean, I can't leave you to that to Dark Tidings decks, but here we are. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I've, I've had a fair bit of experience with Dark Tidings because my, my best friend uh, who I played the most IRL Keyforge, especially during the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic, um, that's his favorite set to play. It's the nice. first set that he got to play, like basically as it came out, he got to be there and we played at the same time for the first time. So he really enjoys that because I didn't have any informational advantage or experience advantage. So he likes that. So I just bought more of it because it's what he liked to play the most. Nice. And then it was, it's, and it's fun to play insular. So, sure. So, you so said- yeah, so. 
You said that you played your A through F. Is there anything like, is there anything positive like you can like pull out of that? Like other than knowing, like knowing you want to stop is a positive outcome. Like you, you realize that you don't need to go A through Z, but what did you like of the decks you played that you may not have otherwise played? Was there anything you, you got from that? Um, there was, um, what I'm going to do right now, as I'm just going to be talking to stall for time is I'm going to pull up my, my deck list here. <laughs> so, so how, how, how I went about this, just to give everyone the parameters of what I did is I would load in the deck to a, a TCO account I called coach collection. And this was just to log these decks for this purpose. And, and what I would do is I would play the deck and if it won, it would stay. And if it lost, I would delete it. And that's kind of how I went about it. And 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 if it lost like spectacularly, that was one thing. If it lost like like it was definitely outclassed because I didn't care. I was playing it for the most part. I would play it if there was a game available. I wouldn't sure. necessarily. I would try sometimes to just be in casual, but if not, I would play it against a really good deck because that doesn't necessarily win or lose. It I could glean whether the deck was a good one or not. And and yeah, there there is something I noticed. Um, the, the thing that stood out to me the most is when it came to Coda. I really enjoy Coda Brobnar. That's that's something I learned uh, cool. quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Uh, I, I learned that playing AOA over and over again was was really boring. <laughs> like the, the average AOA deck is is actually surprisingly boring. Like it's it's like the run of the mill. You can't just pick sure. up an AOA deck right. and play it at this point. Um, I've. I've played AOA enough mm-hmm. that it, it was fun in that moment. But now having played so much of it, I think I'm going to be very selective in what I'm using as an AOA deck for I, for fun. I guess a great way to like n- n- arbitrarily discriminate between what sets and what houses and like basically to not otherwise determine what you're playing is go alphabetically because there is absolutely no rhyme or reason to how decks are named and so yeah. you're giving yourself like a through f could literally be any set any set of houses and did you were you did you get experience with all of the houses all of the sets or did that like was that not as comprehensive because of the amount of decks that you own um i, d- I did get experience with with um i would say a fair like yeah it was a good it was a good sample size i would say um i also realized i don't like mars aoa regardless of the fact that there is like the greatest Mars thing in existence exists there. Sure. I, I, I find that Mars AOA is for the most part, really boring. It, there is like in any Keyforge decks, there is something that will exist that is going to be extremely fun. And I do have my lowest ass deck that is on my list of, of categorizing things is one of my absolute most favorite decks. It's, it's, um, it's it's actually stupid. This this story I, I may have said before, but it's it's like the dumbest thing. But it's it's the most it's one of my most precious Keyforge decks. I'll tell Aww. you that much. And it is the second lowest one on this entire list. And there will be nothing lower than these two decks <laughs> I'm going to talk about. So this this one deck it's a 58 SAS and it's got generosity in it, but nothing else. And and it is my one of my most favorite decks ever because it was accidentally sent to me. So I bought a deck online and it was accidentally sent to me. They sent me the wrong deck. Oh no. And, and they then didn't he, make and you then return the person it. was like, you should just keep it because the cost of getting it back to me is not worth you shipping it. Cause he listed it for, I think <laughs> $5. Um, 
And so I kept it. And then I was like, I might as well play it since I have it. And then I was like, oh my God, this deck is so much fun. It Aww. swings way above its weight class. Sure. And it's just the most, I play, I've play. i played it so many times. I bring it to tournaments. Like I love playing it. It's just the most fun deck and it's Logos, Mars, and Sanctum. And I just love it. And so I actually ended up sending him $5 because I like the deck so much. And I was like, that's how much you listed for. And you took a loss. So I might as well just send you the cost of the deck. Oh my God, that is so nice of you. I mean, it's not a bad deck and I'm using it. So I'm, I'm Canadian. So, you know, got to keep up that, (laughs) that stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other deck that I had on this list below it, sorry, did you want to say something in relation to this? Oh, I, yes. I basically just, the, the testing that you did outside of the, the decks that you're absolutely keeping for the, the, the memories and the, the love of the decks and the, the association with the decks, like does the testing you did give you the confidence to judge the rest of your collection? The ones like, are you going to go through them and, and get rid of things because you're confident that you know, you won't like them. So basically any deck that I would say is 75 or above SAS is probably not in the box. And if it is, it means I've played it a bunch because anything that kind of jumped out as a notable deck when I was scanned uh, like every deck I have is scanned. So, and, and it was thrown into decks of Keyforge. So I did see a rating system for it. So I, I, if it looked like it should be investigated, I did investigate it. Makes sense. So things like that. And I, and I have some decks on here that I, when I was going through the list, I was like, I need to test this more. Like it looks interesting and I don't think I've given it enough time. I would put it on the list as a test. Like make sure you spend some time with this maybe and see if it's worth it. So that's, that's part of my, my list thing. But, um, most of the decks on here, the truth is like my my spreadsheet says the set it's from, the deck name with a clickable link to DOK, the SAS it is, the houses it has. And then I have a column that's called what makes it special. Aww. So what is it that that makes me want to play it? And, it? and if I could remember the event or the significance of what it is, sometimes it happens to be like, the way it plays. But a lot of the times it's it's a specific event or memory that's attached to it. Sure. And one of them is the second lowest one. And and this one I'm 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 gonna just straight up shamelessly brag right now with this one. Okay. So, <laughs> totally do it. So here's here's a disclaimer. This deck um was my store championship deck. Ooh, wait, and this is second lowest on your list? It, no, it's the lowest on my list. Oh my list. gosh. And it was a sealed store championship deck. And it was, we played survival. Ooh. And this is a 54 SAS deck that's AOA. And I went seven and O oh in a survival store champ that's tournament. That's insane. Yeah, yes. that's worth keeping. <laughs> and yeah, it's, I mean, I was like, this deck must be really good. So I brought it out to to Archon next week and it it did not go well. <laughs> oh. It just worked really well within AOA. And I guess, sure. I think I had some situational luck. Mm. Like someone aggressively misplayed, which lost them the game, which got me forward. Like little things like, like a thing like that occurred. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got lucky and I think good matchups, but the deck was just really a really fun deck and totally. I, and then I have that memory attached to it so I kept it for that reason and it right. was really interesting to go back and look at your decks and categorize them based on the memory attached to it and not necessarily like how good it was 
So I what mean, are there, some of your is, favorites from the column that you see in front of you that like keeping for X reason? Like what are some of your favorites? Okay, I'll I will tell you. So one of them is first deck, like the first deck oh, I ever opened. Ever it, nice. It happens to be a 75 and it's it's gone from 71 to 75. Like it's it's stayed in that range and it's quite well rounded. So that's one. Uh like one's a gamma prize deck, the first one I ever won. Oh my gosh, nice. And it has a has like the most badass name too. It's called King, the Outlaw of One Stop Shop. So it's like it's a good <laughs> name as well. That's amazing. Um, I have my first sealed deck ever that I opened, and I won the tournament with it. So that's one I would never sell. Sure. And like I have things like the first advent calendar opening I did. This deck had happened to have two Mavericks in the same house, which oh, made that's it really awesome. fun. Um, cool. And then I have. I really like buying decks when I travel places. Mm-hmm. So I have a Worlds Collide deck that is my first Worlds Collide deck, and it's also my highest deck. And I got it in Vegas when oh, I went awesome. to my first Vault Tour. Oh, and it happened gosh. to be when the Target, you know, pre-sale happened. So there's all these really cool little things that are attached to that one. Cool. And then I have like a Hawaii deck. Like when AOA first came out, I happened to be in Hawaii. So I traveled to a store there and bought this one deck. That's so, it would so be a cool. Special, like little I'm, things like that I have memories attached I'm just to. so super impressed that like for, for this whole episode, the premise being like you don't have enough time and, and you're, you can't spend like you, ha- you have to spend less time with Keeper. And you have this like robust spreadsheet with all of this useful, valuable and, and memorable information in it. Like, I wish I could do this. This sounds fantastic. Like a walk down memory lane. I didn't do this all at once. So kind of what I decided is to go set by set and then just spend time going through. And like, it takes me maybe 30 minutes per set to do it. I don't, I don't have a ton of decks that fit the caliber of what I'm looking for. So it's like caliber versus memory as I go down. That's really what it what it kind of the breakdown was and yeah they're good decks and there's chase decks like a horseman deck i only have one so i have that as as on my list because i just have one fun horseman deck it's not amazing but it's fun to play and and i think about when i look at the list of cards what are my memories of plays like do i have memorable things that i did with the deck absolutely and that kind of really solidifies how i should move forward with it. Do you have anything like that with your deck, Sydney? Yeah. So like I, when I was going through that pile of decks, so it's like, it's on an end table. It's not like we have all of our decks, all of our keyforge decks in like specific places, but we have one end table where like whenever I would pull out a deck for whatever reason and didn't want to put it back into our organizational system, that's where it would land. And they're still there now, but I was going through them. And some of the ones that are still in shrink mean more to me than I would expect, because I remember like on being on TCO, maybe being streamed because uh, on the first season of the KFL, um, uh, what or what was it? Uh, the Premier KPFL, the uh, Keyforge Premier League. I was um, I played in the first or second season of that or something, and so the. Um, the decks I brought to that were really meaningful to me because at the time I didn't own them, and so I ended up uh, purchasing them after I played them because during the KPFL, I was given permission to play them and uh, the, the there was a, a verification pick and everything. And so afterwards, I bought them to like own them because I feel like I felt so connected with them. And they're they're sitting on our end table over here. And there's 
there's one over here that um, I remember from playing at a, a prime and it was like that we were almost a time. We were the last people still playing and there were people gathered around us. And I remember like I was rule of sixing um, Cincinnatus Rex and it was a really, really fun game. And that deck does not hold up to the current meta. Like it cannot handle <laughs> board. It cannot, like I would not bring it out to play competitively anymore, but like I will keep that deck forever. And I feel I feel like, like what you have going on, a spreadsheet. I feel like I should have some sort of like way to record just the decks I like so that I don't feel bad passing on so many of the other decks we own that I've either passed on on purpose or can take a glance at and use the memories I have of what I know I love and and give them a new home mm. yeah for me it's it's when i play it 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 triggers that nostalgia for me like sure certain cards interactions coming together it creates a nostalgic moment which i'm i'm a sucker for nostalgia as a drug <laughs> so have you like picked out specific decks you know are good like the the like not having to do this process to know you're going to keep them have you added them to the spreadsheet to like just record the fact that you know you're going to keep them no, I have not actually. So what what has there's some yes, there's there's some no. Um one interesting thing I found in this process is things I bought on the secondary market mean far less to me. Ooh, okay. Like there's there's in fact looking at the current list. I haven't gotten to mass mutation yet, but looking at the current list um there is this is how long I say aside <laughs> okay there's there's one two three there's only three decks on here that I bought oh no four four decks on here but one of them doesn't really count sure that that I bought on out of like 35 decks oh wow that's how many are from the secondary market and and they're significant because they're chase cards. So, so one is the like I mentioned the. Oh my goodness! I just blanked the horseman one. That's one mm -hmm. of them. The other one is a Genka deck, but I got it from Dan as well. Like when <laughs> uh, Dan from Sanctimonious. Oh yeah. Back in our early before we became like really good friends, um, I bought this deck from him just so I would have a Genka deck because he gave me a good price. It's not amazing. It's not an amazing Genka. It does its job, but. It's not amazing, but I put that on here because I got it from him and it was like in the early stages of our friendship. So it kind of has that aspect to it as well. Sure. Um, and then another one is just like a fun proc deck that I have found that I really like. And so, yeah, the truth is I, I don't have, I don't count ones I've traded with locals. Okay. Because it was like we, there was a degree of we want to keep the decks in the family to the yeah. trade and we consider it our play group like a family. Aww. So there's that exists. Are you um, storing them differently? Like, do you have special boxes, yes. like the Game Genic stuff? Oh, it's it's not a Game Genic box, but um, because I was able to get really cheap. Uh, what are they? You know those that weird time in Worlds Collide where they they had those premium yeah boxes. It, it was the premium like starter kits, we'll call it, where they mm. came with the the useless shield tokens <laughs> and 
But then it came with those really nice purple boxes. Yeah. And they and they fit the um the burger token box. I think you can fit like seven or eight in there. And I mm-hmm. just I just use those as kind of like these are like my top tier. And then I have like a special, like I said, my my branded Keyforge, just cardboard ones that kept OP kits. Mm-hmm. Those are the other ones. But I think those I'm actually gonna actually repurpose so all the decks of each set that I really love are kept together and nice. I can go set by set within Smart. those. Yeah, I'm. My job is going to be much easier after this conversation. I'm just going to walk right over to that end table. I am going to grab a con- <laughs> one of the millions of because we have so many containers. Because those are actually like what we haven't even touched on is some of the like the tokens and the products that are meaningful to us too. Because oh, like I've yes. been gifted so many of those or won so many of those that I I have empty containers sitting over here because to store our bulk decks, we have just big card holders, like what you would normally mm-hmm. expect, the cardboard, like four rows in them. And that's and, what it is for most of mine. Yeah, totally. And so like, but I have, I'm just going to grab one of my, like the meaningful containers, put all of the decks that I have into the meaningful containers and know that that's where I need to go. If I want to get probably one of the decks that I, I know I want to grab if I'm not like just researching a random deck of my own on decks of Keyforge and want to grab one of those. But I think that that will also save me some space. So this is a win-win. Yeah. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> so the moral of this story is I, I decided to spend some of my limited free time looking at the decks that are meaningful. So when I do want to play online, I can actually just easily go to that list and then see different things, especially if it's like, maybe you should test this a little bit more and see if it's really worthwhile and, and do that. And that's that's kind of what I decided to do. This was my my way of deciding. I needed to plan out how I want to play Keyforge and maximize my enjoyment playing what I love. And that's what I decided to do. Awesome. That's so great. All right. And uh, of course, we cannot end an episode without our titular segment. And of course, we call this Help, Help from, future, from self. future Self. Sydney, I understand you got one for us this week. I sure do. So the the help from future self that I have today is that trivia may change by the time you listen to this. So as hilarious as it is that our, our trivia episode came out last week and it was super fun to prepare for, super fun to play. Again, thanks to both Zach and uh, Chase for coming on. But there has already been one question whose answer has changed since we asked it last week, and that's just the name of the formats. So it went from uh, the, just the, the word standard has been removed, and that may change again. We don't know. So a lot of the things that I asked about was more in the, the recent history because I thought that was more fun, more relevant, and things we we won't have asked on any previous um, trivia episode. But um, And so- Chase, you still didn't get it right, even with the name change. Sorry, but <laughs> you still didn't get it right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so it's it's just funny that um, all of the trivia that I asked, like I was I was furiously researching in the days prior, and uh, still still one of them is is not relevant. But um, I think it's just funny that things are changing, things are happening, and that's just uh, news that, that is is maybe going under the radar, but is still you know making progress towards uh, the future of KeyForge. Do you want to fill everyone in what the, the actual change was? Oh, Sydney? yeah. So, they, yeah, they just <laughs> dropped standard. So, um, the, as it stands as we record this, it is um, uh, Archon. Uh, uh, wait. Oh, what was it? Wait for it. It was a Sealed, Sealed Alliance, Archon, and Archon Alliance. So, whereas it used to be uh, um, Archon Standard, and I think 
the used to be like sealed archon or whatever it was I wrote down for last week. It is no longer that. <laughs> cool beans. Um, that's going to do it for this week's episode. We had a, a great time just, you know, delivering some some fun conversational Keyforge topics to you this week. Um, I've really missed being on here and I am going to be coming back from my hiatus on my YouTube, hopefully. Um, I got some things I want to share and go into and I'm hoping to get back on the YouTube train because that also was part of my hiatus. It was all Keyforge content was on hiatus during my my wedding time. Sure. Um, so you can find me on my YouTube and of course on Discord under Boulevard Blake number sign three eight four zero. That's B L V D Blake number sign three eight four zero. Sydney, where can people find you? I am, as always, SC Steel on TCO and Discord. Haven't yet jumped on the uh, Tabletop Simulator train, but uh, that's coming up soon. Perfect. Um, yeah, that would be fun. Maybe you and I will have to organize some some Ooh, conversational yeah, totally. games because I got some cool WoW decks I want to play, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, thanks so much for listening this week. We'll be at you next week with another episode of Help from Future Self. Until then, stay forging.